Graham, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. And today, it is just me, because Rachel, she's off buying me some candles. Yes, that's right. I have converted Rachel to a bath and body head. So pray for her, guys, because these sales, oh, these sales, they make the girls go crazy. I am the girls. But fear not, listeners, because today I want to talk about cars. Yes, the movie, but also the vehicle, because I think the auto industry has had a really interesting year. One strike that we haven't really talked about on the show is the United Auto Workers strike, which started on September 15th and lasted about six weeks. This was the first trilateral strike against Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis. They own Chrysler. And... A lot of it had to do with paying workers to account for inflation, getting overtime and retirement benefits back, and doing something about electric vehicles. And it made me think about the way EVs have made this big splash with people like Joe Biden claiming that electric pickup trucks will change the world and save the ice caps. But on the flip side, it's created this odd culture around companies like Tesla. It's got auto workers concerned about losing their jobs if EVs take over. And I wonder how this affects someone who's trying to buy a car in 2023. I have a feeling that the days of Toyotathon and happy Honda days are over because the idea of walking into a dealership, spending 15 hours at the negotiating table with someone named Todd, it sounds like a period piece because we are in the days of people buying houses on Zillow they've never even walked through before. And more importantly, a lot of people are making their biggest car buying decisions on YouTube. So, I found someone who's done a full dive into CarTube recently. His name is JC Howard, and he's an NPR producer who's worked on shows like How I Built This and TED Radio Hour. After a short break, we're going to talk about how YouTube has become probably the biggest deciding factor in car buying and whether people can have parasocial relationships with car YouTubers or car tubers. We'll be back with JC after the break. Hey there. If you love our podcast, then maybe you should consider subscribing to Slate Plus. With Slate Plus, there are no ads on any Slate podcasts. And Slate Plus helps keep this podcast going because this show would not be possible without your support. With Slate Plus, you'll get bonus segments and episodes for shows like Slow Burn, Amicus, and Culture Gap Fest. You'll also never hit a paywall on the Slate website, meaning you get access to every article and every advice column. Just visit slate.com slash ICYMI plus to sign up. That's slate.com slash ICYMI plus. And we're back. Joining me today to talk about the world of online car buying is NPR producer JC Howard. Hello, JC. Hello. Hello, Candice. How are you? I'm all right. Now, this is your first time on the show. Therefore, yeah. I must ask you a question that all initiates must get, which is, mm. what is your first internet memory? Ooh, my first internet memory. So there's my first internet memory that was like solo, my own kind of uh, perusing on the internet. And then there was, you know, the first thing that I remember, like when my mom was in college when I was young and um, she was doing research 
and oh. she opened a Netscape browser. Okay. Uh, and and that was like, so I, you know, there are Nepo babies. I'm a Netscape baby, I guess. Wow. Um, yeah. So so that is that is my life. That is my experience. That is my childhood. Um, but my first, like the first time that it was me, like me behind the keyboard, me behind the mouse. Middle school, we had a, a computer class because that was back in the days when you mm-hmm. went to a place to have a computer. Like you didn't have a computer in your pocket all the time. Um, and the first thing that we did was we created a Yahoo email address, oh uh, which God. I, yes, I, so I, I created my Yahoo email address, which, uh, not only do I still have to this day, uh, I don't use it to be clear, mm-hmm. uh, but I still have it. And for a long time, it like forged a path in my brain that said like Yahoo is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So like for a long time, for like years, like well into my twenties, early thirties, I would open Yahoo on my computer every single day when I would like go to work. I would have like I would just have Yahoo open mm-hmm. um, because that's where I would get my news. Like they had their like scrolling, uh, like you know pictures or whatever, and that like Yahoo was my news feed. So Yahoo is is definitely my first and really lasting internet memory. Okay, yeah. interesting, interesting. I will say Yahoo also very important in my internet life as well mm-hmm. because I also had a Yahoo email that will not be disclosed. That yes. was my dominant search engine until Google Chrome entered my life. Yes. On top of that, greatest celebrity site I loved as a 12-year-old was omg.yahoo.com. And that is how I learned about Lindsay Lohan. Mm. Educational. Anyway, JC, very interesting. I also love Yahoo. But we are here today to not talk about Yahoo, but instead YouTube, because Mm. I'd venture to say that car buying has really changed maybe in the last three or four years. You know, Mm. not only have electric vehicles or EVs changed what we're looking for and who we're buying from, but I'd say the way we make decisions is also vastly different from like our parents, let's say. Mm-hmm. And according to Think with Google, which is like this website that publishes data about Google trends, one in three adults in the US watch auto content once per month. And mm. after watching content about like cars or trucks on a smartphone, one in four will visit a dealer with video leading the drive. So mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this. You know, several people in my life affirm this statistic, and one of them is you. So let's start from the beginning. JC, talk to me about your car buying process. What were you looking for? Why were you looking? And what kind of cars did you end up like hyper focusing on? Mm -hmm. Um, So I started looking because uh, I was looking to kind of throw off my not really gas guzzler. It wasn't much of a gas guzzler. I had Honda Civic. Uh, it was good on gas, but I was trying to de-ice myself, I guess. Mm. Um, and and I wanted to go for an EV. I also was thinking like I wanted a, a taller car to start off. I did what many people do um, when you're looking to buy something new. Google the best I started by saying, like, okay, what is the best EV? Uh, Knowing that whatever the best is, I probably can't afford it, but I Mm. can get the second or third best. The ones I kind of landed on, the ones that I started to kind of hyper-focus on would be the the Tesla Model Y um, Mm -hmm. and the Hyundai Ioniq 5. Mm -hmm. Those were two that kind of, like, rose to the top. There were others in the mix. So the ones that really rose to the top, it was like a a dead heat. I was thinking, like... Mm. All right, as I'm researching, 
I'm going to start looking specifically, not just at EVs in general, not just these in general, but specifically at the Tesla Model Y and the Ionic 5. So there was a Ford versus Ferrari movie mm. happening in your mind. That's right. And, you know, I think it's fascinating because I think only one of those cars is like widely known, mm -hmm. the Tesla. Yeah. But I would argue the rest of those models, some people have never heard of them, maybe. Like, they're not as common as Toyota Camrys right. or Hyundai Elantras. Yeah. And it almost sounds like these cars only exist on the internet. So I have to ask, where specifically were you going online to even find out these cars exist? And where, like, what websites were you going to to be like, okay, these are the best ones. These are my top four, top two, lock them in. Yeah. So uh, the, the two main sites that I remember visiting to start this whole thing were Car and Driver. Um, mm. which makes me feel like a 50-year-old. Like, not, yeah. that, not that being 50 <laughs> is a problem, but it just it, it's not me, right? Not yet. Yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. I hope to get there. So Car and Driver was one of the websites, as well as uh, Edmunds. So that was, like, two of the oh. places. So those were the places that compiled lists and said, mm -hmm. like, okay, these are the, the top cars. These are um, the ones that are, you know, crossover SUVs, because that's the area that I was looking at. And these are lists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You start narrowing down to models. Yeah. Once you're down to like, I'm between this Tesla and I'm between this other car. I mean, how do you even choose between the two? Like what, where else were you going to kind of like really, really figure out your number yeah. one? Yeah. So, so that's uh, where I, I had to say like, I, I got to dig in. Right. So there's only so far a description of a car can get you, right? Like mm -hmm. you need to kind of see it. And, and like, I couldn't go out in the middle of the night when I'm doing this research and say, like, I'm going to hop in an Ionic 5. So what what can I do is, like, I can go to YouTube because there are people hopping oh, in Ionic 5s all over the place okay. there, right? So, like, I go to YouTube and, you know, there are, of course, like, hundreds and thousands of videos uh, reviewing cars, like, doing doing things in cars. I will just say I spent a lot of time there. I think I probably watched somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 or 60 hours of, uh, wow. of YouTube videos just on electric vehicles. I'm realizing that buying a car is almost like finding a new job. It's a part-time job to do the yeah. search because it, there is consistent content to be had and you want to make sure you see everything. Yeah. But let's talk about YouTube because I don't think you're alone in watching like hours and hours of car reviews because, for example, my dad. Mm. loves to watch car reviews mm. he's not even on the market for a car but he loves the vroom vroom yeah. and what he'll do is watch multiple videos of the exact same car just driven by random different guys in england mm -hmm. and it is just so fascinating to me that this car reviewing cottage industry mm. has grown so <laughs> rapidly on yeah. youtube yeah. because you know for example I stumbled upon this one channel called Car Wow, mm. and Car Wow is apparently like an actual car selling yeah. slash buying business in the UK, but they have over like 8.7 million subscribers on their channel yeah. just because there's this guy who pumps out car reviews like every <laughs> single week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's even people who focus on one single car yeah. and make an entire channel off of it. I mean, what about you? Who are some of the like YouTubers that you low key created a parasocial relationship <laughs> with in the adventure that is called buying said car yeah i found myself drawn in uh by quite a few content creators if you will mm -hmm. um tesla joy is one of them okay um, and for her it's mostly because she lives in a condo 
Um, and okay. I live in a condo. So, <laughs> sure, so sure. the big thing to me is like, you know, my condo is from the, like was built in the seventies and I think hers was the same or like built around the same time. So mm-hmm. there's no infrastructure for EV charging, right? So like the question, because like, that's the first thing that anyone will ask is like, if I tell them like, Hey, I'm looking to buy a, an EV. The first thing they'll say is like, okay, well, but do you have a charging plan? Like, do you know how right. you're going to charge it? So like Tessa Joy is one person who would like go in depth on how she's going to charge it and like how long the battery lasts and all these kinds of different things that I was like, I need to know this if I'm going to bring a car into this condo. So Tesla Joy is one. Uh, G is another. Uh, he does a lot of like driving around in cars. Everyday Chris. In this video, two things are going to happen. One, I'm going to show you how driving a Tesla has ruined me. And the other thing I'm going to show you is what is more efficient, recirculating air, recirculating air through the cabin, or bringing it in through the front suck. Ryan Shaw, who does like news, like Tesla and EV news. Uh, So yeah, those are some of the creators that I I found myself kind of drawn into. I just think this is so funny because, you know, the idea of like YouTube channels dedicated to, let's say luxury cars Mm -hmm. or even like Top Gear, F1 racing cars, that type of stuff. That idea is not wild to me. It makes sense because that is kind of a category of sport. And there's this idea of like, oh, I will never access this crazy, luxurious car in my real life. So therefore, let me watch a video about it. Mm -hmm. But the channels you were speaking of, they're reviewing Hyundai's, (laughs) Kia's, Toyota's. And I just think it is so funny that someone would watch a YouTube video about a Toyota Camry (laughs) and somehow feel like they would receive new information that they wouldn't know from riding in their friend's Camry in high school because they're available everywhere. So... I guess my first question coming out of that is like, why do you think people watch YouTube reviews of like regular middle class cars? Yeah, I think one of the reasons people do that is because you're not really watching a video of a car. It mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're watching a computer on wheels. When I was a kid growing up, the most complicated thing in the car was a CD changer. There was an onboard computer, like a computer did exist in the car, but the most complicated thing as a user, like the user experience was a CD changer. Now you have like, you know, with the Tesla, there's an operating system. There are software updates. So I would actually say that watching some of these videos these days, and the same is true for cars like the the Toyota Prius or like, you know, a, a, a Civic or something like that. They have operating systems in them now um, with multiple backup cameras and multiple cameras all around it and like a camera in the grill. So I would compare it more to watching a video about your iPhone. It is more about the technology. You're watching a technology video more than you're watching a car video. Yeah. It's kind of like when people say an iPad is a really big iPhone and it's like, well, an electric car is just a massive iPad that also holds you in a box and takes you from place to place. It's an iPad you can sit in. Yeah. There you go. I mean, the funniest thing about these videos is I watched a few of them and a lot of times they will just drive the car and then they put you as the camera sitting in the passenger seat <laughs> and you basically just watch yeah. someone drive and they'll do they'll say these things like oop 
went over a bump. <laughs> we went over that really well. There's a little bit of suspension noise and a little bit of a thud every now and again, but actually it's pretty blooming comfy, you know. It's good over the bumps. It's a relaxing car. Then there's a turning circle, so I'm gonna do Yui here. Little U-turn because I, I don't wanna go this way anymore. I'm bored of it. Oh yeah, look at that. Good turning circle. Oh, these seats are real comfy. Yeah. Be careful of the seatbelt. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so funny, this like top gearification of car reviewers, <laughs> yeah. but it's also like quippy and very dad jokey. Yep. And at the end of the day, I'm like, this is public access TV. This is <laughs> 1980s. There's a new car yeah. in town. Hear thee, hear thee. And so... I don't know. I wonder, like, what is fun about watching someone drive a car and go over bumps? Like, couldn't you just sit in an actual car and get the same experience? You could, but you couldn't sit in, you know, 20 or 30 actual cars. You know, like, doing the legwork of going to a Hyundai dealership and a Kia dealership and a Tesla showroom uh, and a Toyota dealership, etc. Like, doing all those things takes so much time. And I could do them, but then I also have to deal with a pushy salesperson. And I have to deal with, you know, actually going to these places and doing these things. Or I could just watch somebody else who has already taken the time to do this thing and like see them use it practically. Because the other thing is, if I go to the dealer website or if I go to a dealership, I'm going to get the best parts of the car, right? It's going to be its best foot forward kind of thing. I'm going to drive it for five minutes. Meanwhile, on YouTube, you have people there who are driving this for a week or it's their personal car and they're driving it for a year. There are a lot of videos that I would watch that was like the 10,000 mile review. So Tesla Model Y after 10,000 miles or Ionic 5 after 50,000 miles. Um, and it's like, okay, now I can actually see practically how this car holds up. And like, I can see how does this car take a bump from, from this person who drives it every day and will tell me like, the turns are weird or the steering is loose. Not that I know what that means, but like they can give me some of that kind of background. That's one of the things that they actually add to the experience. They're not just like some dude with dad jokes who was driving a car, but they're actually giving me that practical application of this is what it's like to own this car, not just drive it once or twice. Mm -hmm. And I want to get into that a little more. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about what happens when you buy a car that you might not politically agree with after the break. And we're back with JC Howard. So I always found YouTube videos to kind of have this layer of aspiration. Mm. I don't think this is cars alone. I think YouTube videos, they do tend to push this idea that it's not about the product. It's about the lifestyle, which is like the mantra of marketing and advertising, which is you don't buy the Helix mattress because it's a mattress. Mm. You buy it because you saw your favorite YouTuber have one in the background yeah. of their story time and they said to fix their back. And you're like, I want to fix my back, too. In a similar way, I wonder, is that what is going on here in the car review space? That it's not about the car itself, but about the lifestyle that kind of comes with the car? I think it is. The idea of it is you can really see yourself 
myself in the car. I am not watching Jeebs. I am Jeebs. I am not watching, you know, Jack Massey Welch or whatever. I am, I am him. Like I'm doing the same things. I'm buying these accessories and this is how I'm going to use these accessories because that is the kind of person that I want to be. It definitely is aspirational. I also would say that it is product placement to the highest degree. Like on YouTube, it's like, well, what if I drove a Tesla like that? What if I drove a Porsche Macan like that? My experience doing this, like falling into this this algorithm wormhole, is it it really did help me understand the YouTube conspiracy theory wormhole that we've seen in other areas, right? So like we're talking about this and it's very fun, right? Like it's silly, it's fun, it's like kind of thrilling to me at least, maybe to your dad as well, to watch car videos. But like, what if I was into something that was a little darker, you know? Like what if I was into conspiracy theories? Mm -hmm. Um, Like there are those YouTube conspiracy theory wormholes that people fall into. And I think that this experience has me understanding that a little bit more of like, oh, you just all you have to do is you click on one and then like, you know, you watch video after video after video. And then I start to imagining myself, as you're saying, it's aspirational. I imagine myself in that lifestyle. And then it's like, oh, well, like I'm already that kind of person. And I'm like in this headspace in a different way than I would have been if I hadn't been caught in this wormhole. No, this is definitely super interesting. And I feel like when I interact, but let's say when the content interacts with me (laughs) regarding Tesla Mm -hmm. videos, Instagram posts, news headlines, whatever. I sometimes feel like Tesla has somehow built a culture around itself that is very much influencer culture based. This idea of like, you don't need to go to a dealership to be sold a car. The dealers are now YouTubers. They are literally placing you in the cars with them. They are driving you around. They are selling you on the thing. And in a weird way, that kind of reminds me of just the way that direct-to-consumer businesses have kind of surpassed the middleman to get straight to the audience cheaper and faster. I mean, what else about Tesla and just all the videos about it kind of remind you of influencer culture or at least what makes it different in terms of marketing and just the way they do their stuff. Well, there are some very famous uh, YouTube words, which is don't forget to like and subscribe, right? Smash that like button, right? Oh my God. So, so they're literally influencers <laughs> in that sense. But they also literally have promo codes that you could use. Right. So like if you if you want to buy a Tesla, like don't forget to use promo code Jeebs for, you know, five hundred dollars off of your Model 3 or Model Y or a thousand dollars off your Model X or whatever. Like these are people who are to some degree they're standing to profit off of you not only watching their videos because obviously they monetize and they make money, but they're also standing to profit off of you buying into their channel. Right. So as you said, there are there are so many different uh, channels dedicated to Tesla. But if you use this particular person's uh, offer code, then they're getting like Tesla credits and they're getting like free supercharging or invites to Tesla events. That's the 
core of influencer culture, right? It's like it is literally them rubbing elbows with the Tesla bigwigs, the Tesla stockholders, the the Tesla shareholders, because they've gotten little old JC to watch their video and maybe even use their offer code. It is the car equivalent of influencer culture that we see all over the internet. Yeah. And I feel like this trend is basically signaling to the auto industry that they need to change up their marketing game yesterday because I think about marketers who now have to think mm-hmm. digital first. And I think about how I've literally never seen right. a Tesla commercial on my no, TV. No, they don't do commercials. They don't do any advertising. That's right. They don't do commercials. And the thing is, like, they, I guess, don't need to. Whereas yeah. you look at Nissan, for example, they are still doing celebrity endorsements. I, I was flipping through the channels, if you will, and I landed on Dancing with the Stars. And I see on Dancing with the Stars an Ionic 5 on stage. So they are exactly as you're saying, they're like stuck in this like in this world of doing things where it's like, you know what'll make people buy Ionic 5s is if they see you know, C-list celebrities dancing near one. Meanwhile, with Tesla, as you said, they don't have commercials, first of all. Second of all, you don't ever actually have to interact with a person if you wanted to buy a Tesla. If I wanted to buy a Tesla, I could go online. I could go look at all these YouTube videos, make my decision, use someone's offer code, go to the Tesla website, buy the thing online, and then get it delivered to my front door. The, The entire experience from inception of like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do this or I'm going to look into this can be done online with a Tesla. And it, it there aren't very many cars that that can be said of. So we have taken listeners through the journey, both mentally and fiscally, of you purchasing a car, which brings me to the question, JC, did you end up buying a car and what did you land on? Oh, I got a Tesla. Did you hear that, listeners? Did you did you expect that, <laughs> listeners? Tweet at yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> listen. I mean, so this is this is a good example of exactly what I'm saying. Of like, who made the decision here? Did I research and make this decision to buy a Tesla because it was the best thing for me, or did I make that decision? Because someone changed my mind. Someone made that decision for me. Was my mind changed or did I decide that? And if I'm being honest, I don't know. What I do know is that I made the decision that I made for financial reasons. Like the Ionic 5 that I wanted would have been more than $60,000. And the Tesla that I got was uh, closer to 50. So like it was a matter of I I can't afford uh, the Ionic 5 in the way that I would have wanted to. Um, So that's how I feel. But like, it would be naive of me to think that YouTube didn't play a part. It would, it would be naive of me not Mm -hmm. to admit that like I was in this wormhole and I had people who are maybe stockholders, people who are, who have people who stand to gain personally telling me, that Tesla is good, that I should buy Tesla. Meanwhile, what I know from my own experiences is that the CEO of Tesla is not an admirable person to say the least. And yet 
I made this decision. Now, of course, part of me, you know, I, I also divested from Twitter and I said, like, I'm going to open up a Threads account and I'm not going to post to Twitter anymore because I said, look, I, I can I can only put money in this man's pocket one way. I'm going to put it in the car and I'm not going to do it in on, on Twitter mm-hmm. for many other different reasons as well. I'm having to balance this feeling of being excited, right? Like I wanted a new car. I got a new car. But like I now have to balance it with the fact that in the eyes of some people, I'm driving around in a MAGA hat, you know? And it's ugly to be, to begin with. Like, the car that I spent thousands of dollars on is ugly. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a bubble. I don't love it on the outside, but on the inside, there are some things about it that I like. I'm not getting paid by Tesla, right? So, like, I'm, I have no interest in selling you or anyone else on Tesla or even, honestly, the Tesla experience, the, the Tesla model. I think it's interesting, but I don't necessarily think that it's explicitly right and the only way that, that, that things can be done. But what I do know, uh, you know, Elon is who he is. And for me, where it comes down to is like Elon Musk is just outwardly anti-Semitic and racist. And, you know, I don't I just don't know about the CEO of Hyundai, you know, I was going to say, because, like, would you have felt this tension or this guilt if you had purchased any of the other cars that you were even putting up on the board? I mean, no, I, I, I probably wouldn't have felt this, but... At the same time, Henry Ford was a massive racist. Henry Ford was inspired some of the uh, practices of Nazi Germany. Like this is this is literally true. But I wouldn't feel bad if I bought a Ford right now because I, it feels like there's some distance, right? Meanwhile, like Elon Musk is just vocal today. That is the only difference: is that he is alive and he is vocal today. Um, and you know. It, it it still feels like that that tension is there, but like it should be there for any other vehicle. Like there is no such thing as, you know, ethical consumerism, you know, like if you buy an iPhone, if you buy a Tesla, if you buy anything, there's something that's going to be unethical about it. There's a CEO somewhere taking advantage of people. There are people who are being abused to some degree. You are having to step on someone else to compete for this thing. You're consuming, you're using up products, you're using up uh, resources. So like, it's hard to straddle this world because at the end of the day, if I buy anything, it's probably in some way not an ethical decision. I think that has kind of been an interesting tenet of this show, which is that we're always trying to kind of figure out and deal with the fact that our money and the way that we consume is actually a bigger testament to what we believe than how we vote sometimes or the only way to control or the only way to feel like we are doing good is to basically not buy the things that we know don't support our views or vice versa. It is a difficult tension. Now, knowing you made this choice, I wanted to ask about just your time in the Tesla YouTube sphere. What is like the worst or weirdest thing you saw in that realm? Because I can't imagine all these videos are good. They are not. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, I think the worst thing that I saw was and I won't name this creator because I don't want to put anybody down or, or throw anybody under the bus, but I will say that I have watched several 
like 20 minute YouTube videos of this one creator. And Candace, I cannot stress enough that he doesn't say anything. Like he's, he's like talking ad nauseum. Like he makes all these wild claims in the title of the video or like in the beginning of the video. And just at the end of the day, he's just saying like, wouldn't it be nice if this happened? Like he, he's not delivering any news. He's not saying that this is going to happen. He's just posing a question and then just repeating the same question as he goes through it. So that is probably one of the one of the like most annoying things that I saw is people who have a full 20 minute video and still somehow say nothing. Can you give an example? Uh, this creator has videos that that talk about the uh, like Apple CarPlay for Tesla is finally here. Like that's like the headline of the video oftentimes. And he has like three of these videos on his channel and he's just saying the same thing in each one of them, which is basically that Tesla doesn't have Apple CarPlay. It's just that you can buy this other device from this other site and then use it to plug in and and like, you know, you can go to a certain website if you plug this device in and use a clone of of Apple CarPlay on your Tesla on the screen. And it's just like, I was here for the random accessories, but don't just mm-hmm. lie to me. You know, like it, it makes me feel <laughs> dirty. You know, like I feel used at this point where it's just like, you've just pulled me in like, because I'm interested in like, do they have my little iPhone? Can I do Apple CarPlay? And then it's a bait and switch where you just, you have nice. a, a 20 minute video and you never say anything about like Apple CarPlay actually coming to Tesla. So it's, the dictionary definition of a first world problem, but it is something <laughs> it is something it is something that I found annoying. Okay, that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Wednesday, so definitely subscribe. That way you never miss an episode. Leave us a rating and a review in Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod. And you can always drop us a note at ICYMI at slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Sierra Spragley Ricks, Rachel Hampton, and me, Candace Lynn. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer. And Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online or on Car Talk.